Good evening. Welcome. You're watching Big Fight. I'm Vishnu Shom. Today's been a day when there have been a lot of protests over the Agni Pat recruitment scheme. There's been violence in so many parts of the country. Arson. There have been reports of trains. In fact, dozens of trains have been attacked. Railway property has been attacked. The homes of MLAs have been attacked. BJP party officers have been attacked. And a lot more. It appears that what began as a recruitment program in the armed forces has now turned out into a massive law and order concern, a massive law and order problem across the country. Now, the government has introduced a couple of changes last night to the uh, Agnipat scheme. One of them allows candidates up to the age of 23 on a one-off basis, uh, but that'll come back to 21 as an upper age limit. Remember, the Agnipat scheme is dramatically new. It basically means that those who join the Indian Armed Forces will now join for a period of four years as opposed to 15 years, which has been the case in the past. When they leave at the end of four years, they'll be given a one-off payment of approximately 11 lakh rupees uh, as opposed to a pension for life, which is what present soldiers have. Now, it is a bit complicated. The government is sure that there would be about 25% of all of these Agni Vs who remain in service for that full period of 25 years. A full period, I beg your pardon, of 15 years. Why? To ensure that there is a balance of seniority and experience and youth as well. But today the big concern was the violence that we've seen across the country. But if you have questions on Agnipat, what exactly it's all about, whether as a scheme it really works, we've got this fantastic panel of some of the finest people who believe in the scheme and those who say that it will never work in India. We've got a fantastic panel and these are some of the, A, some of the finest minds in the Indian Armed Forces. They're all retired, but also a lot of people who have expressed very strong views on this. General Yash Moore with us, General B.S. Thanoa, uh, General Essel Narsiman, Rear Admiral Sudarshan Shikhande with us as well. And we'll be joined by other panelists later on on this program. What we'd like to do in this part of the program is what we call the first punch, where I'd invite all our viewers uh, in a period of one minute to introduce their views, whether they agree or they disagree with the scheme. It's their choice. I'll start with General Yashmore. General, your time starts now. You have one minute for your first punch. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, Vishnu, at the outset, uh, I have two major issues with the scheme. Uh, first of all, the scheme does not talk about what happens to the youth who have been waiting to get recruited in last two and a half years. What was their fault? And especially people who had just to get a joining letter and join various training establishment in Air Force, Army and the Navy. So something uh, must be said about them. That is where the anguish is coming from. Second part is uh, this scheme leaves the young people who aspire to join the Defense Forces for a permanent career. It changes the socio-economic dynamics of the family and their surroundings. This four years period leaves them with an insecurity hanging over their head. And with 75, all of them getting demobilized or de, you know, uh, left out of the army, what happens to them? Who are the 25% who, uh, who will be taken back? This may raise a lot of legal issues, issues of nepotism and other things. And it will create huge HR issues for the military, which is going to manage uh, okay. this. So these are the two issues, I think, which need to be addressed first. All right. Um, General Narsiman, your first punch. Go ahead, sir. Uh, this is a different kind of a scheme which has been in the works for some time. 
I think the armed forces also have been considered for the last two years. <clears throat> and this is a scheme which has come basically to give various advantages. I'm not going into them. I, my point is this, that we need to give this a try before we condemn it. That is number one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the rest of the things can be, can be discussed in the later, later part of the thing. We will, I feel that we will get a younger profile and a more technically and more modern, modernly qualified people into the army. And then that is likely to benefit the army in future. That is the way I feel about it. We should give it a chance for it to be tried. And if there's any uh, thing to be tweaked, we can always tweak it as we go along. General B.S. Dhanoa, your view, sir, your, your first punch and your time starts now, sir. Go ahead. Uh, you know, there's a quote by a famous American uh, baseball coach, I think Yogi Berra, where he says that the future ain't what it's supposed to be. Uh, so I'll start from there because the army that you are trying to model today with a new scheme of recruitment and also the Air Force and Navy, the armed forces, uh, are going to uh, meet the challenges four years, five years, ten years down the line. Uh, so we've taken only a part of that reform and that is on the HR side by saying that from now on the only recruitment is going to be through an untested but a radical change in the way that we have so far looked at getting in uh, the kind of motivated soldier, sailors and airmen uh, that we need for the three forces. Uh, There are definitely issues with the scheme. I would also go along to say that uh, the uh, period for the four years for the tour of duty is too short. We need to take a relook at that. And we also need to take a look at the retention that we have said 25% with the adequate uh, these are two issues that I feel that... We All right, sir, your time ends uh, there for your first punch. We'll, of course, start the debate soon. But uh, Rear Admiral Sudarshan Shikhande, your first punch, sir. Your time starts yes. now. Please go ahead. One minute. I, I would say that a, a very tight correlation seems to have been, you know, coming out in the media of the types of entries, the types, the way armed forces are organized and whether whether they, it's a winning or a losing proposition. I, I can add here that the historical evidence is very mixed uh, about what works in the armed forces because it's a whole lot of aspects at the national strategic, the political, military strategic and or levels of war and the military, operational and tactical levels of warfare. So there are so many ponderables, so many variables that to pin future effectiveness or ineffectiveness on a change scheme perhaps is, is, is a bit dicey. And we should be careful about, you know, making these before-the-fact uh, inferences. Because most armed forces are organized differently. They have different models. And yet, some some with long-term service have performed well in war. Sometimes they have not. Uh, short, or draft uh, militaries have also performed well, sometimes badly. Or in the same war, performed differently, either better or worse as time goes on. So the evidence is mixed. And I don't think we should, we should uh, emphasize the... You know, uh, certain ineffectiveness of this uh, method mm-hmm. or this type of uh, organiza- or organization under the Agnipa scheme uh, that, that seems to be doing its rounds. All right, Admiral. Thanks uh, for that. Uh, General Yashmol, let me come to you first. People who were wanting to get into, for example, the army for the last few years couldn't because of COVID. Now they're too old and now there is Agnipath. Is the resentment we are now seeing on the ground in many states linked to that? Yes, exactly. That is the biggest resentment that there is no word at all. There is no empathy in this entire thing. You can't play with lives of young people. This is young India. We say we have a youth bulge, we have a youth dividend. 
you keep them in lurch for a year plus. I have met students today who had who had cleared the Air Force, all exams, everything done for about a year back. And they were just waiting to join the various streams of the Indian Air Force. And each soldier takes one to two years to get into the forces. Today, joining as a soldier or an airman or a sailor is not what happened 30 years back. Today, it is as competitive as becoming an officer. I don't know why don't we start looking at soldiers with more empathy and uh, understand which kind of a socio-economic background do they come from. So what happens to them? They have not studied. They were just waiting to join. And uh, now they have been left uh, on the road without any, any assurance to them. So this is, I think, the main reason. And the other thing I see, Vishnu, is the scheme has come up in a hushish manner. There were kind of an eerie silence around this scheme between the service headquarters and MOD. One year, one year plus, they have been moving up and down, deliberating on it. Not a word out to the nation at large. Why couldn't somebody tell these people, don't wait now, we are bringing tour of duty. Why did it come in this fashion? So this has left some kind of a doubt in the minds of young people. And uh, that is why uh, this is uh, kind of an agitation and this kind of uh, anguish uh, that you see okay. in the streets of uh, rural India today. Okay. Uh, General Natsleman, would you like to take a part of that? He's made two key points over here. Firstly, there is anger on the roads because a lot of people who wanted to join couldn't join. And secondly, it's being done or it has been done in a hush-hush manner. Uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll take on both these questions. I think the first point what, what General Moore is making is uh, valid. In the sense, if somebody has passed the exam, is waiting to join the, join the armed forces and is being denied, then yes, there will be some kind of an anguish that needs to be addressed and should be taken care of. The other point regarding the uh, Hashash affair is concerned, I think these things have been under discussion for a very long time, at least for two years as we know it, that it has been discussed between various service headquarters and the <clears throat> Ministry of Defense and the uh, other agencies of the government. So I don't think there is anything that has been kept Hashash. The only thing is it was not made public to the public till the time things could be crystallized and brought to some kind of a uh, implementable stage, I don't think that would have been even possible to put it outside because there will be thousands of views. Even after this has been done, you find how many views are coming up. With all those thousands of views coming up, it would have been very difficult to implement anything okay. at all. So I think the discussion was taking place, and in any case, we are all the retired community. The people who have to handle this particular issue are the people who are in service today. They were in consultation with the Ministry of Defense and the Ministry of um, the other ministries that are involved. So I think we will leave it to their wisdom and say that okay, this is what they have decided, and they these are and those are the people who are going to face the brunt of this. Okay, all right. Four years or otherwise. General Dhano, is that answer <clears throat> satisfactory? That there are specialists who are in service in uniform dealing with this. Everything cannot be discussed with the public at large before a scheme is announced. Well, uh, I respect the views of General Nasimun. He's been uh, my commandant at the Army War College. I was there as a directing staff. Uh, but having said that, I would say that there are certain times when you need to take the public into confidence. And therefore, uh, what General Yashmore says is absolutely right, uh, that if it affects the future of the youth of this nation, then sh shouldn't somebody at least have, at some level, uh, consulted them? Now, how much of the consultation is something that you can take into account into a policy that is pan-India? Uh, is, is a moot question. And at the same time, what is the collective wisdom of the people who are there in service? There was somebody who, like us, uh, we've left the uniform about three, four, five years ago. Uh, but at the same time, there are certain issues on which there are certain uh, 
valuable inputs that can be provided by people who have experience. Uh, to say that it can be left entirely to the uh, wisdom of those in service, you know, at the same time, uh, your service rules and uh, conditions also bind you to be very circumspect in what you say uh, when you know that a certain decision is likely to go in a given way by the uh, defense, for, by the government. Sure. Uh, those kind of restrictions are not so much on the retired community. Uh, we need to be supportive of those who serve. We need to be supportive of the military leadership. But at the same time, if there are pitfalls and there are certain changes that need to be made uh, to path-breaking reform, I will say, okay, this is path-breaking reform. But at the same time, can it be done in a better manner? I definitely feel so. Uh, Admiral Srikhande, how would you respond to those who say that why would I join for four years when I can get a full career in the paramilitary forces? Yes, there could be there could be competition for talent uh, between what, what might you know opt for the the competitions for the for joining the paramilitaries uh, as as opposed to the service. That's a possibility. We'll have to figure out how to uh, how how to how to still have the kind of talent pool uh, that that applies for these. One one of the reasons that, that, that could be in favor of this is because of the early recruitment and the fact that in many cases. Once they leave after four years, they might still be eligible on a competitive basis to join paramilitaries or, you know, if if actually, uh, you know, the commitments that are being talked about of offering them, uh, you know, lateral induction into the paramilitary forces is is done uh, in the manner that, that is now being voiced. So, both these, I think there could be some uh, something for them. Uh, more concrete that might happen both in terms of age as well as in terms of, you know, lateral induction. Okay. I also want to say that, that the aspect of employment generation, etc. is very important. Economic well-being of the country is very important. And yet, you know, at, at any time, if you take that the total strength of the armed forces, people in uniform, is about 1.5 million, you know, they would take a few hundred thousand here or there. It is, it is still 0.1% of the India, India's population at about 1. Uh, 1,350 or 1,400 million uh, people. So either way, it's a it's a it's a point one percent, you know, as in. Okay, we should not overplay uh, the employment or lack of employment uh, that could happen because of the armed forces or because of the railways or whatever okay. it is. Okay, uh, let me general, just go. Let general, me just go. Uh, so general environment is to improve. I I, I want to go across to. Uh, General Yashmore, sir, is that something that you that you accept that, uh, or do you share that view that it wouldn't necessarily impact people leaving after four years? No, no. There's a there's going to be huge impact on their lives. You know, in in a country where permanent job, a government job or any permanency gives you so much of mental peace and your entire future career depends on this. Vishnu, in this scheme, one major thing has taken place. One, you know. We have made military a less attractive career. Today, anybody who is physically fit, tall, very good, first choice will be paramilitary forces. Second choice will be state police. And he will come for this tour of duty only as a third and last choice. What have we done? Military was always attracted the best talent among the youth. So now, in one stroke, you ensure your military gets, you know, people who have not been selected in the paramilitary forces. This, I think... People will realize it after some time, but I see this is a paradigm shift in the value of the military, in the what uh, you know, uh, the kind of respect and regard we got, uh, the youth got when they joined the military forces. So there I see a why didn't this scheme uh, be applied for uh, paramilitary forces or tried in some state police 
Why is it being tried in the military? So I think uh, this is a, a major default I see in this scheme. General Narsimhan, why tinker with something which worked? Recruitment in the armed forces has always worked. We have other lots of problems in the armed forces, but not the process of recruitment, the process of working in a certain regiment, uh, the, the process of, uh, you know, all sorts of things. And it, it was opening, it was being opened up to women. Uh, you know, the short service commission was being changed, it was being fixed. Why, why meddle with that? It is not a question of meddling, uh, Vishnu. It is a question of actually trying to change with the time. You need to keep this in mind. You see, the wars that we fought 20 years ago in Kargil and other things are not the kind of wars we fight today. Their wars have changed. Their character has changed. Nature may remain the same, but character has changed. So you need a changed kind of an outlook towards handling matters military over a period of time. That is point number one. Point number two is, yes, has got a point in saying that, okay, he'll be rejected after four years, etc., I'm not very sure that still we will not able be able to attract the best talent. We'll still be able to because the pool is very large. You will be able to attract a good amount of talent into the armed forces even for four years. And there's always a question which comes up as to what will they do after four years. They'll go and find themselves on the street. But please understand this. We are recruiting 45,000 people in a year. If you look at the total youth population in that age group of 17.5 to 21, that is going to be many hundreds of times more in the, in the in, in India. So we are only looking at this pool of 45,000 people. And they are also going to go away with a seva nidhi of about 10 to 12 lakh, which a guy with 20 to 24 years of age is not likely to see otherwise if he has not joined the army. So he has got, a, he has got some kind of a backing, which he can work further to, to improve himself if it is required. That is one, one way of looking at it. Second way is, of course, the side schemes that have come up. The states have announced that they'll be able to give priority to these people, etc. Those will remind on how they're implemented. That we'll have to wait and see. Even now, I'm saying this is a change that has been brought up. We need to allow it to work. And if it doesn't, uh, if it doesn't work, then yes, let us tweak it or let us adjust it the way it, it will be the best uh, in the, in, in the so, best interest of the armed forces and the individuals who are joining the army. General Dharua, um it is a fact that the Home Ministry has said that there would be priority given for recruitment in paramilitary forces. Number one, state governments, for example, the UP Chief Minister has said that they'd uh, welcome Agni Veers into the police force. The government has also said that they're going to work towards educating Agni Veers once they leave. Uh, there'd be credits uh, which they earn, which can go to, towards 50% of credits in IGNO. The remaining 50% would come from courses that they select. So those who choose to be more educated can become more educated. Is that something which um, which works for you as uh, as something which might make this more acceptable? Uh, you know, Vishnu, with all due respect to our politicians, and they are great leaders, uh, but anything that a politician promises, I would take with a large cup of salt. Uh, having said that, I would also like to say that, uh, uh, you know, we are putting so much of emphasis on this, what he's likely to do after leaving uh, four years of service to the Indian military. Is that what we should be focusing on? Should the military not be focusing on issues of how do we make the best use of this individual? Why so much of emphasis in that program, uh, which was there, the press release and the press briefing, on what are his talents and his various skill sets going to be after four years? I think we've got it wrong there. We need to be sure that the guy we're getting in firstly is the best and I agree with the point Yashmod made that you may not have the best of the talent pool available to you for various reasons. And uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, actually given out quite a few logical ones. Uh, secondly, 
uh, we should be making sure that the guy is available for those four years. Are you going to be putting in through Chinese language course? Are you going to be putting in through, uh, you know, IGNU training in those four days? Are you going to be putting him on the border? We've got to be sure as to what we're going to do with him. And uh, let those skill sets and everything else be a part and parcel of what he's going to do afterwards. Uh, let the others decide. Uh, let the CAPA, if they are willing to induct him, train him through all those various things that he has to. Uh, the severance package and all is very good, but eventually it is job security that a youth is looking at. And he's not going to get it in four years. Admiral, uh, uh, in fact, let me come across to, to General uh, Moore on this. Um, General Yashmoor, uh, what about the regimental system which is defined? It, it is the identity of all of you in the army. It is the identity, in a sense, of, of the Indian Armed Forces. Um, even the Navy is affiliated with a certain regiment on their warships and things like that. So the regiment is so important. So I, I in fact, tweeted out something earlier, and I wanted uh, to know if you could answer the Gurkha Regiment is such an intense part that, uh, yeah. of the heart of, of the Indian Armed Forces. They, they are Nepalese, but they work in our country. They add to our country. They fight for our constitution. And if why would they want to leave after four years? Where do they go after that? So what happens to that fine regiment? Um, Vishnu, before we come to the regimental part, I'll answer that. But one thing before we, you know, uh, start singing praises of the scheme, if it was that good, why wasn't it brought for officers? When we got, we inducted women officers for short service, they all went to courts to get permanent commission. Even today, short service commission is the last resort. When a young man has, or a woman has finished everything, can't go to NDA, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, over age, finally, chalo, let's go to OTA. So short service commission for officers have failed. This scheme was initially thought for officers. Why wasn't it introduced for the officers? Why only for Jawans? So therefore, uh, we have we, we this scheme has not worked. So I don't see how if it didn't work for officers who are educated, who could go and do an MBA, go to corporate and find a second career. How will it work for Jawans who come from rural area? So that is one point we must keep in mind. Now coming to regimental system, I think regimental system traditions are, 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 are keep moving. I belong to an all India, all class regiment and I've seen with change of uh, time, uh, these systems also change uh, and uh, for Naples, uh, we have been promising them we will not cut down their quota. I don't know if that was when we were recruiting 60,000 soldiers. But now in 45,000, I don't think we should be looking at Naples citizen coming to India. First, let's give job to our boys. So 45,000 may, if you give 5,000 to the Nepalese, then what happens to our citizens? This angle we'll have to factor and really look at Gurkhas as a regiment from Nepal or do we want to get our boys an issue which we can be debated sometimes later. All right, we've got an audience of a lot of young people, men and women. Uh, would you like to come and raise your hand? And, uh, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll ask you to, to sort of state your question. Uh, my name is Malay Pandey. My question is how the Agnipat scheme should be looked upon. Is it beneficiary to the unemployed youth who can get a chance to serve the armed forces or is it a policy that has a motivational start followed by a tragic end? Motivational start followed by a tragic end. General Narsimhan? Or in fact, let me ask Admiral Shikhande that question. Admiral, you want to take that? Motivational start, tragic end. That's the worry. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't know if we can make these inferences about motivation because uh, the history of warfare, again, as I'm saying, you know, shows that it is, it is a big variable, and various types of armed forces organized have, have you know, more, been more motivated even as draftees or conscripts. Uh, so 
I'm I'm not too sure whether you know we can make these inferences about motivation. However, I do I do agree with you know with what uh, General Moore was mentioning. Uh, is is that that uh, we 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 need to we need to you know give priorities to uh, uh, recruits from Gorkha recruits from India. Uh, I, I, and and whatever it is from Nepal can can also be handled. And and you know the regimental system. Uh, is the tradition of soldiering should not necessarily be conflated with effectiveness at soldiering or you know from family to family uh, but it, the sentiment is important uh, uh, and but we, we should we should not exaggerate the implications and every person okay. should right. be treated as an individual got it let's bring in some more questions let's have that multi box over there can you raise your hand uh, yes in the second row you've got your hand up i think you're wearing a go ahead yes Yes. Good evening, everyone. My first question is that I think Agnivir is a temporary skill development function for sustainable solution for our unemployment needs. But what if, in the long run, all those people who are partly employed? I think it it is a partly employment ship for government of India. But although it also secures the national uh, internal security as well as uh, external security, uh, we know that. There is a Maoist activity is going on, and nowadays India is a country of. No, no. What is your question? Give me a short question. My question, question. is just that it is a temporary solution or a permanent solution. All right. Is this is this uh, who wants to take that question? Uh, let me, uh, General Narasimhan. Is this a temporary yeah. uh, temporary solution, or is this going to be permanent? That's in fact a great question. What there, happens twenty years later? I mean, what? There are, I mean, there, are two, yeah. there are two things I want to come in on. One is from this. Um, you know whether it is an employment scheme or whether it is. please understand employment is fine but i think we are looking at motivated people who want to serve at least for some time in the armed forces that would actually motivate them to join for four years get those kind of skills etc that they need to have come out of shyness you 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 see a difference between a trained soldier and a person on the on the, on the civil street you have a difference so that difference is what makes him makes him better when he goes out of the armed forces that is number one second thing is this this scheme is likely to be a long term one i don't think it is a short term one or a temporary one that is being dis- discussed or being decided upon it is going to be a long term one and how we stabilize it my understanding is it will take at least 8 years to stabilize this two 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 tenures of four years each have to pass through for us to actually analyze and come to some kind of stabilizing this in some form sure so it is going to be a long term one we need to be prepared for the long haul yeah i just want to add one thing to what uh, the general Go said ahead, sir. and uh, this is again you know and i have been saying it that professional militaries are not in the business of running employment schemes let's make that very clear professional militaries need men women uh, airmen soldiers and sailors who are motivated and whether you get them in the kind of scheme that you rolled out we will get to know like uh, the general said at the end of a four and eight year uh, cycle uh, there are apprehensions some of these may be very misplaced Uh, yes, Admiral Shikhand is right that uh, the history of past warfare is no indicator as to which kind of entry does the best. Uh, so we just have to wait and see. Any questions from a uh, number of women on uh, this? No, uh, uh, there's no one issue. Huh? Yes, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, one issue I want to say is about four years. You yes. know, all our life we considered everybody who was under five years in the unit as young soldiers. it takes minimum i'm saying you why we kept 5 years as young soldiers is it takes minimum 5 years of time for a soldier to establish himself in the unit 6 7 years is when he gets his first stripe 
and he can be you know given some kind of a responsibility it is only when he gets a second stripe when he becomes 10 years of service depending on the regiment is when you start he becomes a non commissioned officer then he becomes a genuine soldier then he starts identifying a mary unit my company this is my task and you can put 10 people under him on a post in dras when you go on line of control when you go on siach and other places there are seven to eight soldiers under an nco on a isolated post can you if 50% of your unit after some time is going to be with agni veers what is going to happen who are going to be these ncos and can four years out of which one year is leave six months is training two and a half years ke andar can you really become a soldier fit to go back to the street and carry the thaws of the army okay general so would you like to respond for me to is that? really four years is too less both of you have been right out there on the front line answer that specific question see even today if you look at the organizational structure in an infantry battalion look at the section look at the platoon look at the company level uh, organizations even what is saying is right because the promotions take place that much of time but if you look at the grassroots level kind of organization you find the same kind of 20 by 75 75% of the soldiers today are below 5 years of service even in sections and platoons and companies so that argument that you know only trained soldiers can be there in the forward areas etc that experience of the uh, the havaldar as well as the nayak who is actually the section commander or the platoon havaldar there are both of the guys who pass on the tradition pass on that experience to the youngsters that is why they are co located with them so that is where that is how they will build up this so i don't think that we should take it too seriously of this uh, my point again is this this is a scheme that has come four years has been thought of i talked about many other countries where the recruitments are taiwan which is facing china every day is thinking of reducing the conscription to four months okay i don't know what they will do in four months we are right. we are now worried about four years on the line all so, right okay yeah, i just, just, just try uh, a, a quick a quick point on that yeah. uh, i think in this whole business one thing we had agreed upon that in this four years you may not get the optimum output that you need from a soldier please look at increasing it that's a sincere request uh, and uh, i'm sure it will be conveyed to the people that matter all right at this stage i need to take a short break we'll be back with the big fight uh, in just a few minutes from now do stay tuned Welcome back. We are uh, we're looking at the the scheme called Agnipath. It is one of the most radical reforms ever in the history of the Indian Armed Forces. Perhaps the most radical one ever, but it's resulted in a great deal of protests, a fair amount of confusion on what happens after recruits who work in the armed forces for four years go after that. Joining us at this stage, uh, Wing Commander Anuma Acharya. She's a former Indian Air Force officer, also uh, with uh, the Congress Party at this stage. Commander KP Sanjeev Kumar he's a former naval aviator and experimental test pilot Colonel Ajay Shukla uh, joins us at this stage and Brigadier Anil Gupta who's with the BJP joins us he's also uh, obviously served in the armed forces thank you all very much for being with us uh, Commander Sanjeev Kumar there is um, a suggestion that after 4 years you know youngsters will be recruited do you agree after 4 years uh, youngsters will be recruited as in uh, you are talking about the retention factor of 25% no that they'll be recruited 75% will leave the force and would be recruited elsewhere uh, do you believe that uh, that's something that's realistically achievable i don't believe that at all uh, for a couple of reasons uh, because they are 
joining at a very young age 17 and a half to 21 years of age uh, in all likelihood they would be just past 12th standard during those four years one year approximately will be consumed in training and the rest of the three years they will be employed for the lower most uh, rung of the spectrum duties on board a ship because on a, on a ship i i talk for the navy uh, they would not be uh, employable for anything other than the very basic tasks right so when they leave at the end of uh, four years uh, at the age of let's say 21 to 25 uh, they have possibly not done their graduation uh, they have just a 12th class certificate and uh, with that kind of a resume when his counterparts or his or her counterparts who have been pursuing education graduation uh, uh, at that stage he would be competing with them and what this tour of duty or the agnipath does to his resume or or what kind of transferable skills he brings to the to the corporate world uh, uh, i i don't think uh, that there are, there are going to be huge challenges in finding them opportunities okay we'll possibly will possibly have very young uh, we'll be lowering the age bar of uh, security centers all right lowering the age bar of security services ajay shukla is that what a lot of people have said that that do we want you know more security guards uh, do we want our trained tank gunners to be becoming security guards in colonies in banks and elsewhere after 4 years of service when they've defended their nation oh well you know uh, it's not really a question of security guards going in uh, sort of uh, mi- wasting the training that has given to them uh even now uh, the soldiers who retire at a certain point in time uh they have to go and seek employment for the simple reason that they served for 15 years it's not enough for them to buy the rest of their lives and they have to serve uh, they have to find some uh, service the aim of this entire exercise is really to uh, reduce the manpower cost and that is done not while they are in service but when they retire from service without pension while they are in service they are getting approximately the same salary as a jawan uh, coming through the normal recruitment channels is getting it's just that they go home after four years without a uh, so we've all been saying for the last several years that manpower costs are way too high and they need to be reduced but now when they've been reduced same people are including myself are complaining about uh, you know manpower costs uh, and and the fact that they uh, are not stably trained and so on you have to get over all these uh, obstacles the simple fact is manpower has to be made cheaper all right uh, anuma would you like to respond to that we face a, you know the the number of people we have for the, the the punch which our armed forces wield is perhaps too many we need a leaner meaner armed forces more capability look at wars all around us and therefore is this scheme not a good idea uh, good evening uh, vishnu uh, i mean is there any established uh, uh, data which suggests the same because i think uh, they are uh, experimenting with the armed forces a very wrong timing because at one hand we have china which has intruded us not even moving one inch backward then russia invading ukraine is a plus for china as russia and china keep uh, rubbing each other's back then we have a fragile economy of pakistan and sri lanka on the other side to deviate attention they can always choose to play rogue 
so this is not a good timing and secondly why experiment direct have a pilot project have it with the police forces uh, replace the police with the home guard why don't you do that another thing is uh, i don't know it occurred to me that there is a book called um, it is uh, it is published in uh, 2009 uh, startup uh, nations and that is a, that is about israel israel has a population of just 7 million another is singapore these are the two things are we going to superimpose these things on a population of 1200 millions i mean there has to be a logic is it only to reduce the pension bill or uh, if, uh, uh, increasing any kind of combat effectiveness yeah in fact there is no so answer to that and i wanted to go across to brigadier gupta for that You know, sir, at this press conference—that's exactly what I asked the defence secretary, and then the defence minister chose to come on and say, "No, no, no, we are not getting into that any specific numbers of what the savings will be and whether that will translate into an increased capital, uh, the, the, the capex, as it were. Whatever the armed forces require will be given to them. Now, that doesn't at all answer the question. We don't have enough money for capital for for capex for new capability induction. That's presumably why this is being done." shouldn't there be that statement that every year we will save x lakh crore rupees and that presumably this money will go towards new weapons procurements why is that no data that, missing see that was not the aim the aim of this entire exercise is that the human resource management policy of the army over a period of time had many pitfalls it needed a change there was requirement of doing away with that policy and coming with something new because the problem being faced from day to day by the young leaders of today we have had our times as veterans we have faced those but now the challenges were different fratricide desertions you know asking for premature retirements not willing to serve for long getting injured becoming casualties there are so many things modern day problem which are being faced by in the human resource management but big challenges and that required a radical change and that is why i think this has been done this has been done the new human resource management policy has been put in place let's see what the effect of it is okay now those who say that uh, you know this is uh, without being done a thought without it just being uh, lumped upon the forces i think it's not correct this entire exercise has gone over a period of 2 years in the armed forces headquarters in intense in discussions have taken place it has been on the uh public domain for last 6 months a discussion has taken place inputs have been taken okay. and thereafter this policy has evolved this policy will take time it and the best part of this policy is that the government has empowered the raksha mantri to carry out any changes midway mid course corrections as and when required without going back to the government so this is a big plus point to it okay so government is also aware that this new policy may need some changes that's why this empowerment has been given to the raksha mantri so we should not just brush it away okay i just want to go back to commander kp sanjeev kumar because you know i read a couple of tweets of yours or one of your tweets where you actually said that there was an attempt in the past and you were part of that to actually ensure that corporates pick up indian army officers post retirement and that seemed to have suggested that very few actually were hired um, so is there a sense that you know are people in uniform once they end their service you know will all almost automatically be picked up by the corporate sector or is it more true that perhaps that's just 
what we would like to believe. That's just what we'd like to believe. And I was talking about officers, and I, I highlighted officers in the tweet. Yeah. Uh, because we did a, a six-month uh, course in IIM Ahmedabad, the most, the premier uh, management institute in the country, and we had a mix of officers uh, from ranging from 26 years of age, short service commission, to 54, 56 years of age, the the full spectrum, a motley group of 20 of 64 officers. Uh, we had to put in a lot of effort. Uh, the college uh, had to put in a lot of effort, and it's not as if nobody got placed. Placement happens because of a variety of reasons. Sometimes the age works in favor of you. Sometimes the age doesn't work in favor of you. But we had huge challenges in finding jobs for officers, right? And these were officers, 50% of whom were already on the way to drawing pension. And the rest half, there were worry lines on their face. Because if the short service commission officer at, let's say, 10 years of service or 12 years of service, last two years of service is very stressful uh, for him or her. Because he or she is now at a stage where they are, uh, married or they have young kids and if they don't get a job they do not have much savings it's it was really not the case that the corporates were beating down the doors of i am Andavad to hire us we had to go and we had to write thousands and thousands of emails and approach people and what was the hit rate hit rate was uh, i mean in terms of jobs i would say one job after 100 leads wow that's it so, no, so the, now compare that with a, with a young uh, a sailor or an airman or a jawan who leaves at 21 to 25 years of age. What does he have on his resume? Now, I just want to highlight that I understand that there is a brochure or a frequently asked questions uh, brochure being handed out. And I've gone through it. I understand there are limitations how much information you can put in four pages. But nothing that is written in that brochure impresses me. There are a whole lot of, it's a word salad. You know, you have, you have made a lot of assumptions. You have basically made a lot of assumptions that this will happen, that will happen. What is the biggest put... assumption that you believe has been made? The, the biggest assumption is that this will improve the battle preparedness of the defense forces. How does it do that? You are going to, you have replaced, you are replacing a time-tested recruitment uh, procedure, process of the armed forces with a new thing. I was, I was not un- unaware of this till the press conference. I was thinking that this would supplement the existing channel of rec- recruitment. But here we are. It's going to. It's done away with the uh, existing uh, ten, uh, model of recruitment. Now we are looking at recruiting people with a 75% attrition rate to start with. What kind of incentive is that for anybody to sign up for this? That we will soon come to know. Okay, one sec, one, one, one second, one second, Commander. Let uh, Ajay, would you like to come in on this battle preparedness? That's what the armed forces are ultimately all about. How can we believe that that's actually going to go up with this scheme? Uh, battle preparedness. The assumption about it going up is based on the fact that uh, savings made in the pension budget would be translated into equipment bought under the modernization budget. If it turns out that they don't raise the modernization budget as a re- even after this thing, then that means that the whole exercise was a fail. But right now, it's very important to understand one thing. The salary structure is not going down. These Javans who are recruited are being paid thirty to forty thousand rupees a month, which is approximately the same amount that uh, Javans recruited under the normal process are paid. The only time you are going to save money is when they retire and save on pension. So, if you are saving on pension, you are able to buy equipment. You've achieved something as a result of. But uh, that remains to be seen. And the second big thing that needs to be seen is the same people who can't find jobs today, they find jobs for years down the line. 
Okay, we've got a couple of questions uh, from our, our, our young panel. Um, the young lady in red on, on, like on, on the top. Uh, Brigadier, half a sec, I'll just come to you. The young, uh, the, the young lady in the red shirt, uh, would you like to go ahead with your question? Go ahead. Thank you for the opportunity. I would like to ask that the Indian Armed Forces is not a mere profession, but an emotion and involves secrecy in its function. How is this scheme, which is basically a short service commission, can justify the traditionalistic and culturistic ethics of the Armed Forces without negligible chance of scheme being misused? Okay. Um, Brigadier, would you like to take that? The ethics of the Armed Forces may be affected by soldiers joining for just four years? Not at all. The ethics don't change like this. How are ethics built? Ethics, base load ethics. Ethics are you built know, over unity, time, sir. Namak, Nishan. So all these things are built over a period of time. You eat together, you sleep together, you train together, you live together, you fight together, you do exercises together. That's how this bonding and bonhomie comes. There's no going to be no change in that. And as far as motivation is concerned, it's a function of command. It was there yesterday, it will be tomorrow. It is for the commanding officers to live up to the new challenges. So all this uh, to say that is going to affect the efficacy of the services, is going to affect the morale, all this I don't agree. I have served for enough, 38 years in the army. I know how the army functions. And just take an example of an army unit, infantry unit. How many people are going to come to a unit? 30 in a year? What does that mean? A one platoon strength? Over a period of time, four platoons, what difference is going to make? So it is, and out of that four platoons, one section is going to be, uh, the 75% is going to be retained and only 25% uh, will go away. So it's the other way around. The other way retain around. The ah, yeah. So where is the change? It's not a drastic change at all. The point was to be made is on pilot project. This is a pilot project, but this will give us what difference will make if four to five people are new in the entire unit of 800. So this is, I don't, we not, should not make a big issue out of it. Let's analyze it properly and let's give it a chance. All right. The proof of the pudding lies in eating it. Anuma, would you agree? Last word to you, Anuma, go ahead. Well, I would call it a, I know it all syndrome because armed forces are not guinea pigs. And you've got to see that effective availability of this person for any specialized training is barely two and a half years because he will also be given leave which will be 60 days minimum in an year because others get 90 days. And from the beginning itself, he will have two kind of, uh, you have seen the press release, it, isn't it so vague? It doesn't talk about, is it the only one scheme which is for induction or the normal scheme for 15 years will also go on? Or will, will it be only this 25% who will make to that 15%, uh, 20, 25% who will make it to the permanent thing? Are we not exposing that youth who is just 10th pass to an idea of rejection at such a young age? 75% will be rejected. When they go back to their villages, they will say, Agya is for Rakha Do you right. think what is what kind of impact Vishnu, I will like to on say. that youth? And he will be barely 10th pass. Okay. Whereas all his counterparts okay. would have gone. Right. It's not. Commander, you've got 20 seconds. I'm out of time. Vishnu, yes. I want to say something. Okay. As per the it's not rejection. It's rehabilitation. Agni Veer will be prerequisite for all future requirements. All future recruitments, Agni Veer will be a prerequisite. Note it. CAPF, police, state police, state government jobs, Agni Veer will be a prerequisite. Like Even in the corporate world, it will be. And to say that they'll be rejected, they're being thrown away, that's totally wrong. Don't quote such language that you are an ex officer. They are 
they, they are being brought, they are going to be dream at that age, 17 and a half to 21 years, 4 years of service after that, and they say there is no skill, they will serve right. in contingency areas, they will serve in high uh, areas, no, what skill do they need? Right, look, that I'm, is where I'm, I'm out of time. I'm totally out of time on this program. I do apologize, but this is something we'll keep following over and over again. You've been watching the big fight. It's called Agnipath. It's going to redefine the armed forces one way or the other. Will it work? That remains the big question.